Good evening, everyone. Once again, warm welcome to this evening's Friday evening's Bible study session. Uh, that was a very powerful anointed session with worship. So praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you that you hover not only over this house, but over every family and every person that has been lifted up in prayer this evening. Let every prayer that has been raised here today, Lord, be an answered prayer in your name for you are our shepherd. And your word promises us, it gives us the assurance when you are a shepherd, we shall not lack anything. You shall not lack anything. Believe it and claim it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I'd like to invite all of you now to um, share your testimonies this evening. Give glory to God for all that he's been doing in your life over this past week, past month. Doesn't matter how old that testimony is. If you haven't said it earlier for whatever reason, but now it, the Lord has put on your heart to share it with others, please feel free to speak. Give him glory. He deserves it. Who would like to go first? Hello, brother Russell and everyone. I'd just like to um, give praise to our Lord for... Um, I didn't join the session uh, last uh, Friday, but I remember that day uh, for, on Friday, uh, we went to uh, my, uh, uh, my uh, niece is a uh, um, school had a celebration for her grandparents' day, something. So uh, we just went there at the day off as well. For, uh, for our public holiday, so um, we went there, and uh, it was a it was something different. That the uh, it was she comes from the Saint uh, Matthew's uh, uh, Catholic school, and it was good uh, that the the sort of like the highlights were of the see all the grandparents and the the little ones as they were reading out uh, on stage all their all their, um, their thank you for their grandparents and their, I like how they way they acknowledge the, the our Lord Jesus Christ's name in in their every prayer uh, petitions and it was it was good it was something different to hear the little little uh, children uh, say his name and uh, I felt sort of like there was the presence of all the the, the Lord all around us it was it was a pretty big crowd that attended so um just the the whole sort of like place was here had a good presence all the holy angels and the ministering spirits were sort of like all around and it was like just a relaxing day and it was it was a good day i was glad to go out with um my wife to to see all these uh the children you know give these uh, prayer, uh, their um, prayer request, and their well wishes to their grandparents, uh, and uh, just uh, um, the the Lord's commandments. You know, honor thy parents. I'm, I'm very grateful that we come home every day to after good day's work that He's blessed us with. That we all uh, had a work hard for our monies and come home and even feel much more uh, blessed and uh, refreshed when we see our uh, families at home and 
it really rejuvenates our spirit. And then we just thank, like to pray and have a little bit of time. So thank you, Lord, just for just for his, um, our answered prayers. The morning encounters were so blessed, the divine mercies and all the saints and angels, you know, because it is written, you know, the, the earth is, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all yes. that all that dwell therein yes. the world therein. so yeah it sort of remind me of this period of you know all these you know just the simple blessings that are what we live for so we put in first and you know this is what i we get up to every morning just to sort of like uh, giving worship back and be thankful that you know that we just uh, live for him and do everything for him because everything, all the goodness comes from him, you know, it just fills, fills in every gap. No matter sort of like uh, what some of the problems that we face really in our personal lives, because that's also can be present. But uh, the knowing that our Lord is at work doing work all the time here, and not, not only for our families, but throughout the world. And all his precious blood, his his mercy and his grace is just too overpowering. His love is, is what uh, just rejuvenates all the time. And I'm blessed with such a powerful group that also intercedes. Uh, everything just uh, just fills in the gap. The the words that you cover, uh, Brother Russell, and you know Sister Shanine. There's some little insights there with Sister Shanine's. Um, one of the morning encounters, you know, like uh, I didn't sort of like wasn't aware that the angels can read our thoughts and stuff like that. So that was a good um, uh, session there that I heard. So yeah, it was it was so good just to feel all the presence of his administering spirits. You feel just uh, comforted in, in our times of trouble. I thank the Lord and I thank everyone all their intercessory presence, a powerful group, and very blessed. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 The thing about this house is, you know, as the Bible says in the Old Testament, one of the names that God is known by is Jehovah Nissi. That was a revelation for Moses. The Lord is our banner. And every time you go into battle, when you carry that banner, you cannot lose. And that is why the name of this house is called the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. He is our banner. Praise God. So all that power, the, the, the fire comes from there. Thank you, Jesus. Who would like to share their testimony next? May I? Yes, please go ahead. Thank you and praise the Lord. Thank you. The great I am, the, the daughter of great I am, and we are the daughters and sons of great I am. I Amen. thank the Lord for the breath that I have, and He is my doctor. He is our doctor. He is our everything. Um, Yesterday, I had gone to see the surgeon and he found out that lack of oxygen had for so much, uh, so much of the 
flesh that need to be cut off. I just thank the Lord for the strength that I have and I believe I am healed and uh, I just can't believe it's me because for me to go through this to taste the, the, the sacrifice and sufferings of the Christ and I offer everything to God and uh, I thank the Lord for this group. Um, I usually set the alarm and sometimes I wake up my family members. So la last night as I was going to bed, I said to the Lord, you will wake me up. And I did woke up without any alarm. And uh, I praise the Lord for this. And uh, I wanted to thank the Lord for the friends who are around and supporting me and giving me all the basic needs I need, which I'm limited to do now. And I praise you, Lord. I praise the Brisbane Holy Spirit group. And this, the, and that I can listen a lot when I can't do anything. And I thank you. And I especially thank you, Brother, for prayers and, and the comfort um, that I received from this group. Praise you, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Father, we cover this sister in your in the precious blood of Jesus and we present her to you. Or we claim complete healing because your word is also for little baby Eliana. We cover her too as well in the precious blood of Jesus. In Exodus 15, 26, you said, I am the Lord that heals thee. Amen. And in Isaiah 53, verse 5, your word says, Jesus took all the stripes and wounds of, on himself. So that the price would be paid in full. And it is by those stripes we are. We are completely healed. Not will be. We are completely healed. It's already done. We stand on that finished works. When he said it is finished. We stand on that finished works. Lord, And we claim the healing. For everyone that is lifting their, themselves. Or anyone that they are praying for right now. For healing. For restoration. We lift all of these Lord to you. And by the precious blood of Jesus, I claim that healing. We claim that healing in agreement for each of these. That restoration, that rebuilding. Cell by cell, tissue by tissue. We speak life. We speak the breath of the Holy Spirit in each of these, Lord. There is complete healing. That There is complete restoration. That there is a testimony for your glory. Only the living praise you, Lord. Only the living can clap their hands for you. And only the healed can give you glory and by their testimony. Let there be a transformation in their homes, in their communities, in their cities and in their countries. Let that testimony vibrate and reverberate all around, Lord, that your name be praised. For this we claim that healing and we say thank you, Lord, that they are healed just as your word says. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone else wishing to claim healing, please put that amen there. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. 
and take your healing. Believe that you have received, it's already yours, just as he said in Matthew 11.25. Sorry, in, uh, in Mark 11.25. Praise Brother, God. Brother Who else would like to share? Yes, yes, please, go ahead. Brother Russell, I'd just like to, to give praise and thanks and glory to the Lord for the, for the week that's gone by, for every grace and blessing that he's given us. And just thank the Lord for the joy that he's given me this week. Even, yes. even if we have um, challenges, which we all have many, that underneath that there's like a bubbling joy. It's like a champagne joy that is just bubbling there all the time. Um, even though like it's like as if you can't wipe the smile off your face. You know, it's it's that joy of the Lord. It's different to the joy of the world. So I'd like to, to give thanks and praise to the Lord for, for everything and just for the gift of this prayer group and each other. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, Brother Russell. Yes, please go ahead, sister. Yeah. I would like to thank and praise God for this gift of life, for all his blessings, mercy, graces, favor that he bestows upon me and my family. Thank you, Jesus, for all the people in our lives and for this wonderful prayer group family. Thank you, Jesus, for all our prayer ministries and all our prayer warriors that stand together in spirit to pray for each other. I would like to thank Jesus for working in the lives of my children, especially my son, Jaden. For I can see a heart of stone turned into a heart of flesh. Praise God. Like the good Thank work you, Lord. started, you will Thank bring you, it Lord. to its completion. Amen. Amen. That's Philippians 1 verse 6. We all claim it. We all yes, claim it. I'll write like it in the chat up. as well. I would like to lift up all the young people out there, all who need God in their lives, but they don't know that. And I just to pray that let there be light in their lives with the light of Christ dispel all the darkness in their lives I just thank and praise God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord your word says in James 5 16 the B part the effectual and fervent prayer of the righteous one will not go unanswered this prayer is an answered prayer. Lord, there is no other way. There is no option, alternative be here. We claim it, we believe it, we receive it. Amen, Father. Every son, every daughter in this house. We claim it over all of them. We claim your light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, brother, I'd like to go next. Yes, please go ahead, brother. Uh, thank and praise you, Lord, for the wonderful week gone by for keeping me alive to stand up here today and give my testimony. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love even their own lives unto the death. Today, I just want to thank and praise God for this wonderful week gone by, for all what the Lord has taught me to, for all the wins that He gave me, for all the areas where He wanted me to improve. And what I learned from the morning encounters is repentance is a very powerful tool to stand up to the Lord and repent daily for every area, every sin that I've committed in the flesh, in mind, body, spirit and give everything to the Lord and just come back into the house and just allow Him. And the Lord always gave me just one verse and He says, that was in that was John 11 actually when He prayed 
and when he was speaking to Martha, he said, "If only you believe, you shall see the glory of God." Oh, I just held on to the Lord and I said, "Lord, it is your glory that I see. I just leave it to you." So we are called to have faith in all situations and just continuously trust in Him alone. And that's why it's just about giving glory to God and standing up for Him with a testimony. So many people who are healed, so many people have answered prayers. It's also important not to leave the Lord, but to be with Him always. I thank and praise God uh, for all the ministries we serve, brother. Your ministry, uh, morning encounters, the Holy Rosary, the the reflections, powerful reflections of Brother Savio that have blessed yes. and changed so many people's lives. Yes. So Amen. Group up in writing that they prayed every day for their rosaries in different continents of the world, and and every other ministry, the praise and worship, Mr. Shanin, and and just so beautiful. Everything is according to Him and for His glory, and we thank and praise Him, Lord. Give You glory. Thank You, Lord, for all that You do for us. Your goodness shall always be with us and chase us. And, and overtake us. And overtake us. And we'll never. Amen. Amen. Amen, Lord. Amen, Lord. Hello, Brother Russell. This is Rashmi yes. here. Yes, please go ahead, sister. Praise and thank the Lord for the gift of life, for all the blessings we have received, for the challenging moments we have overcome this last week. And only only one thing has kept me going throughout the whole week is hearing and hearing and hearing continuously. Every it is morning, afternoon, night. Like I can just hear and hear. Some people say, "How you gone mad?" I said, "No, no. I'm just happy. I just can be happy only when I hear and hear and hear. I continuously keep it plugged on or on the TV." I continuously hear your morning um, encounters with Sister Shanin, how she told us about our angels. Brother Vivek had already told us about it, that we have legions of them, but we tend to forget. And at once, when she spoke about the angels, I had started telling the angels to work in my life. And that has given me the strength to go along. Every morning encounter is so powerful and it strengthens me. I just I just cannot live without it. Brother Savio's reflections, his prayer starters, like just remind me when people tell me to pray, I know this is for this person or this is for me, this is for somebody else. I can just send it to that person and say, I this is the prayer for you. We have already covered everybody in the precious blood of Jesus. I used to dread to enter into the wilderness, but now I know that Jesus is there. And if I don't enter, I will not be successful. So I have to enter and he's going to be there. Amen. Thank you. And thank you, Sister Jane, for always being there, guiding us. Like you always keep sending the scriptures and it is so it's so thankful to you i cannot 
we cannot ma- manage by ourselves. We just get it spoon fed. And I'm just joining dots again and again. Whenever the morning encounters are prayed or whenever um, Brother Savio's, I can just get the gist of it is like in a hymn, which I used to always sing or hum during my, but now I know what is the, I'm singing that hymn, but I should not have that power at that time. But now when I say it, I know the Lord is my strength and he will yes. carry me on till the end of my time. Thank you. Thank you, Brisbane group. God bless you all. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we've seen this in our reflections as well last week. Your faith depends on your revelation. And when your revelation reaches that level where you know something about God and his ways, then things start to move based on your revelation. That is why we study so much. That is why the morning encounters even today and what will continue tomorrow is how well you know your God. And then day after tomorrow, we will reflect on how well you know what he has said about you. How well do you know yourself? Praise then you can... The Lord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, sister. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I want to glorify the Lord for making me know that I can travel anywhere alone. Thank you, Jesus. I got the courage to go travel to Mumbai alone and uh, attend a beautiful retreat. And I was blessed. My journey going to Mumbai was uh, a wink from above father saying how much he loves me because I found my best friend over there in the bus. Neither did she know that I will be there. Neither I know she would be there. And it was it was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. A, a beautiful, you know, loving wink from Abba Father saying that he loves me and he cares and everything is already planned out for us. Thank you, Abba. In the retreat, I met new people and for all the graces and blessings that I uh, received, seen, unseen, and for all the deliverance and healing and restoration, not only to me, but everybody who's in my heart, who's in my periphery and every, the whole world we lifted up in prayers. Thank you. Sister, your signal dropped off. You might have to unmute and speak again. Uh, this time also, I'm already unmute. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, can hear you. So at this time also, there was a, a very close escape. A car just came right in front of us uh, just a little while before I could get down from the bus. And thank you, Jesus. He took care of everything. And uh, thank you, Lord, for all the grace and blessings to each one of us. And thank you, Brisbane, all my brothers and sisters, all the intercessors praying for us. And also the courage the Lord gave me to confront a loved one with truth and in the spirit of love. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? Good evening, Brother Russell. It's Paul here. Can you hear yes. me? Yes, I can hear you, Paul. Go ahead, Brother. Uh, yeah, Brother, I just wanted to praise and thank our Lord for His generosity, mercy, and love towards us. Uh, because um, approximately um, two weeks ago, I ended up in Prince Charles Emergency with chest pain. And um, well, over the last 10 years, this would have been like the fourth or fifth, fifth event that happened to me. And so on this occasion, um, the doctors decided to, uh, yeah, because I had underlying health issues um, in the past, um, it used to lead to uh, chest pain and I used to end up in um, the emergency. Uh, but on this occasion, uh, the doctors decided to, to actually check my heart. Um, to do an inv uh, invasive procedure to check if there were any blocks in my arteries or anything like that. And uh, so, so I was in emergency for about four days and on the last day there, they actually did an angiogram for me. And I rem remember while I was being wheeled off into surgery, basically it's a you're wheeled off into surgery because it's an invasive procedure. Yeah. Uh, I remember just just saying, praise Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. That was my prayer, just repeatedly going through. And um, because I've never done this before, I didn't know, I really didn't know how bad or good the result was going to be after the procedure. And uh, by God's grace and mercy, I feel totally blessed because um, the results were, I could not have asked for better results. They did not find any blocks or anything in my heart. and. Um, it was um, complete relief, and all I could say was praise you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, because um, um, if they had found things, it would have actually meant that I would have had to go on more medication on top of what I'm already taking, and it would have just, um, psychologically too, it would have knocked me back a lot, because I've been dealing with some underlying health problems in the past, and this would have just been one more issue to deal with on top of the rest. So I just want to praise and thank God for his mercy and love and for his care for all his flock and uh, praise and thank him. And I do it every day. And I um, I put it down for that clear result coming out of that um, angiogram was totally due to his grace and mercy. And I praise and thank our Lord for that. I also like to thank the, the prayer group that is uh, all the leaders and people who lead this group because it is a beautiful opportunity for us to come together in our busy lives. Yeah, this is one opportunity we get every Friday. Unfortunately, I, I don't get to join in more things because uh, things, life and work gets in the way. But with time, I hope to join more of your prayer sessions and things, but I'm very, very grateful for this prayer group as, as well. And uh, I'd like to praise and thank God for this group as well and hope with time that we will grow in numbers and faith. Praise and thank you, Lord. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for a quickening in his spirit that he be led by you so that where you lead, he shall follow. And when you call him, he shall come. The revelation that you put on his heart, let that be the governing the direction of his life. Thank you, Brother. 
Yeah. Brother, lay hands on whatever part of your body you said you have underlying issues. Lay hands on that part of your body and speak the blood of Jesus over it and command. In your spirit, you command. You have been given that authority, so you can command them to function in perfection. So speak that in the name, in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Brother Russell. I will do. Will do. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother. Yes, who also would like to share their testimony? Yeah, I have a testimony that I would like to share. Yes, go ahead, sister. I would like to thank God and also the prayer group for uh, standing with me in prayer when I sent a request for my car had just uh, been standing in the garage for a while and no one was actually interested in purchasing it. And I would just get a, a lot of inquiries and um, I was beginning to wonder how come I'm just getting inquiries and no one is actually, you know, being very, very like, you know, showing that much interest and in just coming to purchase the car. So I had uh, been praying for a while and still no results were happening. And then I also then just sent into the group that please stand with me in, in agreement for my my um, car to be sold as well as for my I think there was something else for my car to be sold and also my son was having some delay in his walking and um, my visa was actually taking some time so uh, brother Russell also just sent me a short brief uh, message on the group of agreement and I at that moment decided to take that prayer and sit down and praise and worship and agree with the, the prayer that was said. And in that same moment in the evening, I received an inquiry um, saying that from, a, uh, from someone who was interested in the car. And I was so shocked that the word just went and touched someone to go and purchase, like who was actually interested in purchasing the car. And they said, I'm not interested in anything else. I just want that car. And just recently they came and took the car without wow. any sort of, um, they were not even like thinking of anything else. They didn't even look at the car before. They just, they knew that was a car they wanted. So it was wow. very, very shocking how um, that prayer of agreement just went and touched a divine individual and the angels brought them, um, you know, to purchase the car in that same instance. You said something so, about your son as well? Oh, yeah. And even my son at that same moment started to walk. And he's not, uh, he's just been walking around. So there's been no stagnation whatsoever. So I've already seen two amazing results um, of the agreement from the prayer. And I would like to just honor Jesus and, and this prayer group for just standing with us in prayer. And just, you know, it was just, it was a divine intervention which just came in and canceled all the stagnation in my life. So I've just been so, so happy. Wow, praise God. Thank you, praise Lord. God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Certainly deserves a clap. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Okay, amen. Amen, amen, praise God. He works in mysterious ways. Thank you, Lord. Yes, who else would like to share 
or the Lord has done in their life. Anyone that is experiencing spiritual transformation based on what you've been learning on the Fridays or the morning encounters or even during the rosary sessions, the reflections, how they have touched your life and just brought transformation, either your life or someone else that you've shared it with. And it has done some wonder in their life. Would you like to share something there? Brother Russell, I'd just like to share first exactly what the Lord has just given me a vision of. He's given me a vision of two angels behind you and they're holding a cloak. And the scripture that he has given me is Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we all live with that revelation. I am the body of this Christ. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life and for keeping me alive, Lord, today to attend this prayer meeting. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be part of this blessed prayer group and for every ministry that we serve. Thank you, Lord, for this entire week that has gone by and for your mercy that you pour into my life every single day. Thank you, Lord for giving us your precious blood that we can cover ourselves, our family, and every family in the Brisbane prayer group. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your revelation. Thank you, Lord, for working for our good in every situation in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your favor, your healings, and for your goodness, Lord, that chases each and every member and their families of the Brisbane prayer group. Thank you, Lord, for your spiritual authority, Lord, that you've given us that we can destroy every evil plan of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, for every new thing that you are working in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for this brother's ministry, for all that he does, for this house, for this family, for this prayer group, and the lives that are being touched all around the world, everywhere. Let his family always be blessed, Lord. Let them always be above and never below. Let them always be the head and never the tail. Let them be abundant. And every enemy that comes and stands before them, let them come in one way, but let them flee in seven ways before his face. You have prepared a table before him, Lord, in the presence of his enemies. You anoint his head with oil. Let his cup and let his house run over. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? We can probably take another one or two maybe. Then we can get started with our session so we can finish on time. Yes, go ahead, Sister Jane. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the week gone by, brother. For bringing, bringing me to this group for all the blessings. I can say I have no words to thank the Lord for all that He is doing in my life. 
till up till this day for the food we eat for the roof of our head to to making me live without any debt for all the teachings that you are receiving papa i have thanked the lord for the period of testing that i am going through brother because of that i am able i thought when it, when i came to tooth this is the biggest end but it is it was a beginning and it is going deeper deeper and deeper like a well so i want to thank the lord for all for everything that is doing for me and my family for all these blessings that he is showering upon me i'm living in the overflow amen in all, in all, in all ways i'm living in, i'm i'm experiencing the overflow in all ways i can say it doesn't it is uh, it was it is not in the uh, in the material means but in all ways i can say i'm living in the overflow the floodgates of heaven has been opened for me thank you lord thank you jesus thank you holy spirit i thank the discipline prabhu brother vivek brother rasul brother savio all for making me in the way i am now thank you brother thank you jesus thank you holy spirit you always go silent unnoticed but you are doing a mighty thing in all of these lives you are stirring the pot you are stirring their lives you are stirring everything that they have come to live with all these years thank you lord you are doing a new thing every day and even now today right now thank you holy spirit Yes, I also would like to share the testimony. We'll take one last one. Brother Russell. Yes, um, good sister. I'd like to thank my heavenly Father for allowing me to see a brand new day, for blessing me, and for the favor that He sent my way. Since I've surrendered all myself to Him. he has been testing me in these last 6 months i have been going through financial crisis but he has kept me strong and as i hold on continue to hold on to him he has shown me he has unfolded all he has he has kind of this last week has brought in so much of joy because i've had some sales and people have started to walk into my showroom and i know that he is my provider and he'll always be so i thank my lord for the abundance and blessings and for his mercy and his grace and Amen. thank you lord Amen. for his, your word and every day that he gives me an opportunity to listen to his word which only makes me understand his love better and better as i hear it thank you lord for keeping my family and everyone safe and i'm never afraid because i know he's with me always thank you lord thank you jesus Lord, your word in Philippians four thirteen says, "You are a provider, and you shall provide all our needs in accordance with your riches in glory, which were revealed and given to us through Christ Jesus." 
we stand on his finished works or we claim that provision. So I call abundance into her home. I call customers into her business. I call destiny helpers to connect with her in every way, Lord. The angels that you have given charge over her, let them lift her and her business up that she shall never hurt her foot on any stone, no matter what. Let that abundance, I speak that abundance. I command the earth to bring forth its abundance into her life, that which you have made available to the children of men on this earth, to whom you have given as an inheritance this earth, Lord. I claim that abundance into her life, into her business, for her home, for her family, and everyone that is connected with her. Let them see your face through that abundance in her life and through the joy that her family carries. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just read out a few quick notices before announcements before we get started. So a warm welcome once again to all those that are new to this uh, prayer group, to our sessions, are joining us for the first time. You can join the Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group. I'll just put a link in the chat for you. You will have to download the Telegram app and then you can click this link and you can click that link on that you see in the chat on YouTube as well as on Telegram and you can join the prayer group. You can place your prayer requests there. We'll have others that will pray with you. If you are being blessed by these sessions, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. So then you shall start receiving notifications every time there's a new video or every time there's a new live session. So we've got multiple live sessions that are run every day of the week. We have morning encounters that are run at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, they are on live on Zoom as well as on YouTube. And then the recordings are available on YouTube as well as our Spotify podcast channel. So if you aren't able to make it based on your local time zones uh, to the live sessions, then you can join us. Uh, you can listen to the recording. The presence of God, the anointing is the same even in the recording after 10 years as well. So don't think that you are missing anything if you can't attend live. But if the Lord does put it on your heart and he wants you to attend live, then do listen to him and do follow him. We also have the Divine Mercy Chaplet and Rosary session that's run every evening from Monday to Thursday in the week at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So, And then on Fridays, it's also run at uh, 3 p.m. in the afternoon because we have this Friday evening Bible study session. So it's only run weekdays, not on weekends. A lot of people from around the world attend this session. We do get a lot of views on our YouTube channel for these rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet sessions as well. So if you feel there is someone that wants to pray the rosary and has no one to pray with them, they're all alone and they need that company, share the recording with them or invite them to join to that live session there so they can pray with others. We also have Brother Savio's, um, Brother Savio's reflections that are posted every day, again, 365 days of the year. The Lord doesn't give him rest. But he gives him a whole lot of revelation. So he shares that revelation. Whenever the Lord asks him to stay awake, even late at night, sometimes he's posting these, uh, these messages that he receives in downloads. And they're powerful. They're, they're transformed many a family's prayer lives. So if you are being blessed, please share those as well. He posts them on all our social media channels too. 
Uh, I'll also share the link to the I Confess Boldly scriptures in case you do not have those. It's available in few languages on this link. This is a link to our Google Drive folder. So it's not only English. Hopefully, if it has your language there, you can download it in your language and you can speak it. These are powerful scriptures that you can claim over your life, that of your family, your children as well. So please use them in your personal prayer. You can transform them and make your own prayers out of them as well. Combine a few of them together too, based on what your current circumstances are and as the Holy Spirit leads you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And today we'll get started now with today's session. That's the last part in our series on a time of testing this season. Hopefully it's blessing everyone. Father, we thank you for your revelation, for your presence, for all the testimonies and for all that you shall speak throughout this session to each one of us personally, the revelations that you put on each of our hearts. We thank you, Father, in advance for your glory that is revealed in all of this. I cover and seal every word, every person that, every word we speak, every person that is part of this session and their families as well, Lord, and all those that you are lifting up in prayer by the precious blood of Jesus, we bring them under the blood covenant that speaks for them now when we bring them in faith. And we herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And we send it in faith, Lord, in the name of Jesus. It is an amen in his name. We thank you, Lord. So today we'll continue with the uh, nuggets, that uh, the learnings that we are, we are drawing out. It's just these few key learnings that are pulled together from all that we've been learning throughout this series. We've done about 12 of these last time. Today we'll continue. There's probably another... 25, 27 maybe. Hopefully we'll finish all of these and finish on time. So the next point, the first one for tonight I'd like to touch on is God shapes your character during your time of testing. And the benchmark there is his image and likeness. And that's what Galatians 2 verse 20 is, is all about. We shedding our fleshly nature, our sinful nature, and taking on godly desires, godly habits, and godly inclinations based on what he reveals to us and based on what we learn from the word about him and his nature and his character. And that's one of the things we've been looking at in our morning encounter today as well. And we'll continue on that tomorrow. So among the first things that he does is he shines his light in all areas of your life. The first thing he probably do is shine his light on your pocket. And then start from there and eventually end up on your heart. And that's how he brings us into that realm of Galatians 2.20. To surrender everything and it could go to a point where you reach a stage that there is nothing more that you can give him. And when you've given everything, you've emptied everything, now he says, let me fill you. 
then when he feels everything that he now feels all comes from his storehouse but for that he's first shaping your character then you are aligned completely with him then we become obedient to his will so it's a lot of that training you know a lot of us in our early times even when probably even now we say it, uh, we call ourselves prayer warriors warrior a soldier a fighter but when it comes to his training he literally trains you like a soldier you join his military academy it will hurt and that's what this season of training is all about your training in that military academy so that when you then get down to war you will not shake you will not shiver you will not shudder you will not turn back and run that's what he's really doing to you this shaping of character is one of the key aspects of that training to be that soldier to be that warrior the next thing that he changes is or he works on is your pride and that will pain the most but we have to remember that he is birthing something new in you there that the pain there is the pain of that childbirth when we are transforming ourselves into or giving birth to a new reality in the realm that he is taking us into and we have been talking about joy you heard testimonies of joy today as well that is where he first gives you the joy of what is coming he gives you the promise in advance he'll give you that vision he'll give you the paint that picture of it as well so that even while you suffer and you cry you can hold on to that dream you can hold on to your promise that baby so to say that will be delivered through your faith brother savio can you please take us to hebrews 12 verse 2 this talks about the example of jesus carrying that kind of joy as well in the same way so he demonstrated it he on his part was given the picture of salvation in advance yes please Fix, fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god it says for that joy that dream that promise that was given to him what was his dream his promise the salvation of mankind he said that was more important to me than all my pain so he scorned that shame he scorned the the nakedness that was uh him on the cross hanging there he scorned all that nakedness he scorned all the shame that came with it he scorned all the blame that people put on him and he said i don't care as long as the objective the dream that was the promise that was given to me is being fulfilled and then god exalted him and seated him at the right hand so we are called as well on in the same way to hold on to that strength that dream that joy that is given to us so we look at the finish line of our race you don't look left and right while you are running you look at the finish line and you say that trophy awaits me my eye is on the trophy not on the stones the rough ground that i am running on 
not on the lanes that have been drawn that I can't look left or right, not on the others that are running with me, against me, whatever that is. My eye is only on the trophy, the joy of that trophy. That's what we are called. It is difficult. It is not easy. It will take a whole lot of renewing of mind, a whole lot of faith. But we need to hold on. We need to ask for grace to hold on till that time. The next one is the testing of this very faith. That is the testing of fire. There is a way where you will see God, where you will only see God in this way when you are in the fire, not outside of it. It's just like the three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And then when you see him in that way, it stirs up the faith for what is coming. Again, going back to this very same joy that we've been talking about. It will push you, your perseverance, it will push that to a very limit. Now, this is where you hold on to the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is that word that becomes real to you, the revelation that is given to you, that will join the dots to your joy. At each step, it will give you that courage and say, this will only take you one step closer to that joy that is lying there. God keeps giving you these kinds of swords of the spirit so that every time the devil tries to inject fear, every time he tries to inject doubt, every time he say, tries to say, God doesn't care about you, this is your sword with which you can fight. The one that joins in its dots to the joy that sits at the finish line. You've got to keep joining those dots, keep pulling that rope, keep moving along ahead, not backwards, not sideways. Now we have to use it to keep reminding ourselves so that our faith does not fail. The testing of fire is meant to bring out that character that we've been speaking about. Brother Saiba, can we please look at Matthew 23, verse 26? Let's look at what Jesus said about this kind of testing, the testing of faith and the testing of your character. Matthew 23, verse 26. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be cleaned. So first clean what lies within your character, your nature. That's where the testing of fire is. That's where he keeps shining his light and say, let's work on your character. Let's work on the flaws. Let's work on the vulnerabilities. Let's work on everything that you've been brainwashed by the devil all these years into believing, into following by way of culture, by way of tradition, by way of whatever other secular thoughts you may have learned from outside that does not align with his word. Not all of it is wrong. You just need to look at what doesn't align with his word. That word is the ultimate truth. So first clean on the inside. Most of us tend to point fingers outside and fight the battle externally when the actual battle lies within. And that's what this season of testing is about. Recognizing that the battle lies within, 
submitting to him and say, I come to your training academy. Now you put me through that test of fire. And well, you don't need to tell him. He will he will draw you in and he will say, you're already in now. You have no other option but to go through the fire rather than anything else. He will shut all other doors sometimes. Which brings us to that next point. If you're making a list, this is point number 16. It is your scars, the pain and that suffering that you undergo during this time in the fire that will define your character and will prepare you for greatness that lies ahead. Many times we think the testimony of greatness is in the signs and the wonders. It is not in the signs and the wonders that come later. They come a lot later. The testimony is actually in the scars. It is a testimony of endurance. The price that was paid to reach that greatness. When you look at Matthew 20, verse 20, we won't show that on screen, but that's where James and John, his two apostles, uh, disciples asked him, or the mother actually came to him and said, Lord, let my son, when you come in your kingdom, let my son sit on the left and right of you. And the only question he asked them is, can you drink of my cup? Which means my cup of suffering. Only then will you qualify when the father qualifies you to sit at my right or my left. You have to go through his test. And he himself was not exempt from it. He himself had to go through that. So when you look at Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 onwards, when it talks about all that he endured, only then did God exalt him to such a height, giving him that name. If he hadn't to endure, that name wouldn't come. He bore scars on his body and his soul. You will bear those scars too. It is those scars that qualify you for the anointing. Only then can you be that, that messenger that is sent out to the generations. And they can come, the scars can come in all forms. All kinds of afflictions that people face, you will probably face them to the extreme. It can come in the form of joblessness, but nobody wants to hire you can come in the form of finances like Brother Vivek was talking about earlier and he prayed while he was worshipping. It can come in the form of shame, of failure, of hopelessness. And when you look around, the people that don't pray or don't even believe, they don't have any problems at all. All of these things are far from them, not even in their dreams. And then you start to look at yourself and think, Lord, is this what I get for following you? And God can be silent in those times. Sometimes years may pass for some people. Now, all that he's really doing is building your testimony, is building your endurance. So that when your day to rise comes, and he says, now enter into my rest and go be my witness. Then you yourself will be amazed when you look back at your own journey and how far you have come, how much you have grown in the spirit. What all have you gained when you were like David stuck in that cave in Adullam? Even Esther was well decorated in the palace. But her scars reminded her of where she came from. Don't let the glamour of results, the signs and wonders 
make you forget the humility of your submission. That is a key lesson for us when our day of lifting comes. The scars that you bore, the price that you paid should keep you in submission so that even when everybody claps, you say, Lord, here I am, still submit humbly on my knees before you. And I thank you for your mercy. Jesus didn't hide his scars either. Even in your own visions that you will see him now, if you look closely, you will still see the wounds in the holes in his hand and feet. You will still, probably some people see even the torn beard. The face. He does not wear gloves. He does not hide those scars. And then the next one is, before he can fill you, he will ask you to empty yourself first. That's part of that training we've seen there. He will empty your shame, your pride, bank account. He will get you to empty all the things that you hold important and valuable in your life. All your idols, your time, your entertainment can be very painful sometimes when you go through that kind of a lifestyle. Living in the cave, in the same house with your family. And they would even say to you, you don't care to spend time at us. You prefer to be alone. And God says, that's the qualification for you to rise up. You're spending time with me. Where is your priority? Is what he's looking at. What are you prepared to empty out of your life in order to make space for him to then step in and work with you? And that emptying will be tested to the core till the last drop in you so that when he lifts you in that area, you will know beyond doubt that it is the finger of God. But before that finger can come into your life and make his move, he will get you to empty yourself first. And in all that time of pain, this is our next point now. In all that time of pain, when God is silent, the important thing to remember is the process is not done yet. So when he is not done, you stay and you let him finish. You don't move, you don't run away, you don't leave that secret place. As painful as it may seem, you continue to stay. There are many times that you will feel like aborting, giving up, running away and say, Lord, this is unfair. I cannot take anymore. He checks to see what you will say, whether you are, your confession is consistent in that time or whether it is changing. Just like Job. Job went through all sorts of challenges. His wife said, why don't you curse God and die? Change your confession. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. His words did not change. And you see in Psalm 139, verse 23, David said, Lord, search my heart. You can try my thoughts. What are my motives? Are they still consistent or are they changing? The next thing about that same silence, now this is our next point though. He cannot be calculated by a formula. So when he is silent, it is hard to know. He is not predictable. He does as he pleases. It is like the wind, it moves on its own direction. 
So you might think, well, when Brother Vivek was in the wilderness, it took him three years or it took Brother Savio three years. So mine is also going to be three years and you couldn't be any further away from the truth. You could be very wrong. Yours could even be three months or it could be 13 years. He only shows up when he wants to. He is the king after all. So he cannot be calculated by a formula. We, his dealing with each one is individual. It is personal. We have to go and play along with that personalized dealing. For as long as he remains silent and only when he decides to reveal himself, he will let you know beyond all doubt. When he gives you that message to step forward or to take a particular action, he will confirm it. He will give you that solid, strong confirmation of it. And in all that time, this is our next point, in all that time when you are being tested, there will be a time that will come when he's getting you to empty yourself, where you realize how inadequate you are without him. That no matter what you do will always be short. And he will show it to you even in your own circumstances, where everything that you are doing is just falling short. Nothing seems to be working until you reach that stage of brokenness. He wants you to reach that point of you know, brokenness that we see in Psalm 51 verse 17. A humble and a contrite heart he will not despise. So till then he waits. That's all part of his training towards Galatians 2.20 in your character. Till then he waits. Until you reach that point where you yourself are now convinced that without you I am nothing. Without you I am inadequate. Now when we accept and acknowledge that, then he starts getting you to move. He said one lesson learned, now move to the next level. You keep moving forward in your journey. We all learn obedience through suffering. This is related to it one, but you could write it as your next point. We all learn obedience through suffering. And so God uses that tests of undergoing suffering to bring us to that realization of what constitutes true obedience. Stubborn as we are, autonomous as we are as humans, we like to do things our way. So obedience in your good times is highly difficult. It's very hard. It is unfortunate, but that's how we are. It's only that suffering that teaches us true obedience. Brother Savio, can we please go to Hebrews 5 verses 7 and 8? Like I mentioned earlier, Jesus himself was not exempt from that suffering as part of his testing, as part of his lifting up. So again here, I'd like to draw on his example. How he learned obedience through suffering. So that when you reach that stage in extreme pain, and you still want to stay aligned, then we are able to say like he did, Father, not my will, but thine will, your will. If this suffering, if this cup of suffering cannot be taken away, I shall drink it knowing that you give it to me for my good. That brings us to total submission, obedience. Yes, yes, brother. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered our prayers and petitions with fervent cries 
and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Look at the way he prayed there. Look at that first two lines. The second line, fervent cries and tears. Being the son of God, the same one that healed everyone everywhere. And yet in his prayer, look at how he prayed. And then look at that last line, verse 8, which says, even though he was the son of God, even though he was the son of the king, even though all the power that he carried, how did he learn his obedience? Through suffering. And that is what qualified him to be seated at the right hand of God. That's why he said to the two brothers, James and John, are you prepared to drink of my cup? More importantly, he didn't bring that obedience from above. You might think, well, he was God himself. So it's easy for him to be obedient. But when you read Philippians 2, you'll see he was being found in the form of a man, meaning completely human. He humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death and saying, Father, not my will, but your will. That's Philippians 2 verse 8. And then Philippians 2 verse 9 will tell you what is next. That God said, now you have qualified, let me give him a name that's above every other name. Now you and I are not expected to undergo testing to that extent of dying. He did it for us so that we don't have to do it. Although we may have to go through an experience of the valley of the shadow of death. That's what Psalm 23 talks about. So you will go, you can possibly go through near death, near shame, near failure experiences. Where all doors seem to be shut. Hopelessness, literally. And that is why Psalm 23 is such a beautiful psalm. That is very relevant, very important in this, this time of our journey. Where you stay strong and you say, no evil will I fear. I will hold on waiting till that day I am lifted up, like Job said. But when you look at this psalm, note that David didn't say, God, you comfort me when I am in the valley of the shadow of death. He said, your rod and your staff. So we've reflected on this in our morning encounters as well. It is... It is not those physical tools, but his rod and his staff are his teachings, his disciplining and his guidance through the word. Those are the tools that he uses. So that staff, he can hook around our neck and bring us back in line when we seem to be straying away. And by that rod, he protects so that nothing else can come and harm us in any way. That reassurance is the fact that if you call on his name, then you cannot end up in shame. That is why we reflect on how well do you know your God. And if he is testing you, then he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. One more thing to remember there is, if the bigger the destiny that he has placed on your life, the bigger the calling, the bigger the testing. Let's look at two more scriptures from which you can take heart. Brother Savio, since we are in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, verse 11. 
this talks about such times of testing and the pain that we go through. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Yep. That's our season of resting or training in his academy. Another one, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. We need to take heart from these. We need to focus on that harvest with joy. Not look at the fact that, oh, as a seed, I need to die first before I can regrow into a plant that will bear harvest. Every seed must go through that. Otherwise, there is no harvest. You cannot keep a seed on the table and it will grow and produce harvest. It must die. For, yes, our light, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Look at how Paul calls it light and momentary troubles. When you look at your trouble, you say that's not light or momentary by any measures. But he still says compared to the glory, look at what that it says far outweighing them. The eternal glory far outweighs whatever you are going through right now. That's why in that comparison, it seems light and it's momentary or temporary. It's just for now. Now We need to hold on to things like this and keep our joy. Somehow today, joy seems to be the theme. In everything, I can see just that joy coming out. Moving on to our next one. The next point is, be prepared for when your season of testing comes. And uh, the, the scriptural example that comes to mind here is from 1 Kings chapter 19, where Elijah was told to eat. He said, for the journey is long, eat. And he ate and he slept, was woken up again and was asked to eat. Because then he traveled based on what he ate for those two days. He traveled for 40 days in the wilderness without food and water until he reached the mountain of God. So before entering the wilderness, there could be a situation where God might be calling you to prepare. Sometimes he'll call you to pray. Sometimes he'll get you to take certain actions. And you might wonder, why do I feel this urge for doing certain things in a certain way? It's probably a, say, a sign that God is calling you to start preparing. So we need to go back to him in prayer and ask God, what are you trying to tell me? He says, take advantage of all that you can get before the journey, for the journey is hard and difficult. Take advantage before it starts. Now, take advantage there means only eat to be strong on that journey, not let me enjoy myself before I go into that difficult situation. Eat to be strong so that you can last through all of it right till the last day when he says, now your testing is done. Now, go be my witness. Another example there is that of the, the ten virgins. The parable that Jesus gave. It's in Matthew, you see it in Matthew 25. Five of them. Now see the main thing is 
there are five that carried extra oil and five didn't, but the whole point is all 10 were virgins. Meaning when you look at it spiritually, all of them led pure lives. All of them were aligned with God. And yet five were separated from the others. Some carried extra oil, some came prepared, others were not prepared, even though they were leading good lives, even though they were connected with God, even though they had a good prayer life. Even though everything about their picture says virgin, pure, holy, blessed. Preparation is key. It helps when you have to go through that difficult time when you're stretched to your thinnest. And then you can see in verse 13 there at the end of that parable, Jesus says, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour of the Lord's coming or you might even call it the day or the hour of the Lord's testing. Keep watch. That is why we need to look for those signs when you feel like doing things in a certain way, when you feel an extra call to prayer, when he starts waking you up at odd hours in the night. You have to heed those and look at, well, what are these signs trying to tell me? Am I being asked to prepare for something? The next one is during this season, he may decide to call you, which is exactly what this is. You can put it as a separate point, call you at odd hours. It's those signs. Sometimes some people find that he calls them or he starts waking them up at 3 a.m. in the night. And you will note that you're consistently being woken up at that fixed time. Now, Brother Savio shared some reflections earlier this week on the third watch and the fourth watch. Third watch is 12 to 3 a.m., which is the hours of spiritual warfare, heightened spiritual warfare. And the fourth watch is 3 to 6 a.m., which are the hours where you can pray and territories are gained. So you're battling for territory there in the kingdom. Recovery. And if you find that God is waking you up during certain of these watches, then you need to try and discern on, well, Lord, are you asking me to pray in spiritual warfare for a particular need somewhere? Could be your own family. It could be someone else. And this is the time, especially during the fourth watch. Praise God. It's especially during the fourth watch where you start receiving revelations, you start receiving anointings, blessings, you start receiving new mantles that he might even place on you. And that's what Psalm 23 verse 5 is all about. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. It's not just anointing. He starts to celebrate you even when you are attack, under attack, when you are praying during these hours. And when you pray during that time, when you engage in warfare, you will come under attack. But he starts to celebrate you in the presence of your enemies when they're still here. And that's how he lifts you up and gives you victory. And the enemy is shamed. And there is nothing they can do about it. So we need to learn his ways. And when these kind of things are happening, you need to look closely at his dealings with you there. Because based on that dealing, then when you are praying for or praying with someone, that is going through that kind of circumstance, you know how God's dealings are. You become that extension of his hand there. 
That is why when we go through certain circumstances and challenges in our life, we need to look very closely when that testimony is produced of how did God deal with me there? What is his way? And what did I learn about that way and about him? He says, I seek for men that will know my heart, that will know my ways. So if you know his heart and you know his ways in those circumstances and you remember that, then in your ministry, that is where your strength is. That is why you will be unmoved then. Because you know, you will say, God, there is something I know about you. And then you're speaking, your faith comes based on what you know about him. I hope this is blessing you. The next one to remember is during your time of testing, there will be times where you feel like you are not able to hear him. Where you will even doubt your own ability to hear. You probably start feeling, is there some sin, Lord, what is it that is blocking it? And at times it is just that he is very silent. He is not saying anything. But when there is something that he needs to say, it is more of his responsibility to make it clear to you, not so much dependent on your hearing. He will confirm it to you. He will make sure it is loud and clear enough that you understand that this is what he is trying to tell you. So if you don't hear anything, it is most likely that he has not said anything. And at times, if you can't hear it, then he will give that message to someone else and ask them to relate it to you. So they would be a messenger. So it's his, respons his responsibility when he wants to tell you something. And when he says it, you will know beyond all doubt that this is what his message is or this is what the revelation is. Which brings us to the next one. He may start giving you commands at certain points. Just like we see in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 2. If he has chosen you, he will give you certain commands. The fact that he gives you commands, you should actually take heart from that. Because when he gives you commands, mean he trusts that you will fulfill them in obedience. Unless he is convinced about, one, you are obedient. Two, you will fulfill them. He will not give that command. So when you reach that stage of receiving commands, you should know that he trusts you, that he has vetted your intent in regards to your obedience. And now he feels satisfied that he can ask you to do certain things in a certain way. Can you just imagine that revelation of the king himself coming to you personally out of 7 billion people and saying, can you please do this for me? That itself makes our life worth living we have to reach that kind of revelation though in our heart. Oh, as he said this to me, leaving everyone else, sometimes you will say, Lord, why me? Why do I have to do this? And it could be in a good way and it could be in a bad way. Bad way is, Lord, why do you want me to do that? I don't like that person, just like Ananias said about Paul. And God says, just go and do it. Go and bless him. And there are certain other times when he gives you certain things and you say, Lord, unworthy am I. And yet he says, the blood has covered you. You've been given salvation. There is no question of unworthiness. Never forget that.
at one point in your testing when your pride has been broken and he will reveal it to you then your captivity is now turned which is our next point that you can make there when your new day starts dawning your promotion is due to commence and sometimes when your promotion commences you will still find yourself physically because it only commenced in the spirit physically you are still in the middle of that storm nothing has changed that and you wonder lord where is my promotion he says your promotion has already begun your movement has already started so when he says that rather than questioning those ways we need to ask different kinds of questions lord what is my assignment where are you taking me what do i need to know who do i need to associate with rather than sticking with lord what about my bills what about it's a hard it's a difficult one what about the debt that i owe how will i survive and yet he says just go and do this takes tremendous renewal of mind until that promotion manifests in the physical but if we hang on to that and we start moving spiritually based on faith that's when the true essence of matthew 6 verse 33 is fulfilled give me a second i'm going to just plug my computer so that it doesn't run out when we seek his government then his government starts to back us now when his government and all the resources that come with it backs us his administration his authority all his forces his army starts to back us then we reach that stage where he says all these things shall be added unto you and your mindset now comes to a point where when you look around all of that is happening there and you say i don't owe anything i don't own anything all that i am all that i have i am just a steward which is essentially what it always was it's just that we didn't see it that way when you go back to genesis chapter 1 and 2 especially chapter 2 you will see that god created man as a steward over time we started assuming that we are owners about a whole lot of things we forget that what psalm 24 was once says and brother any touched on that today the earth is the lord's and everything in it all they that live in it as well belong to him psalm 115 was 16 says he kept the highest heavens to himself and the earth he gave to the children of men to us but still belongs to him he just gave us to be stewards of it to work on it and to take care of it so when you read genesis too closely was 15 and 16 will tell you that he put man there in the garden of eden to take care of it to work it not to just stand as an owner but he kept himself away and he said yes i'd like you to take independent decisions at the end of the day we still need to remember that he is the owner so when that transformation in our mindset takes place now we start to think about I don't own anything everything is the lord's what is my inheritance my inheritance is he himself the lord himself when you reach that stage then in everything that you do he backs you it is a difficult one but we need to get this so now when we reach with that mindset he knows 
you will not misuse anything. Any resource that he puts in your hand, you will not misuse. So why will he stop short of giving you any resources? And this is one of the prime reasons, the misuse factor is why a lot of people are kept away from his abundance. Because we look at it with eyes of sin rather than my inheritance is the Lord. And whatever he asks me to do with what he has given me, I do just that. That's the whole reason why a part of his training is tithing. Tithing is not about us giving him. There is nothing that we can give him. As we've just seen, everything already belongs to him. It takes a tremendous shifting in a mindset. I hope you are getting that. It will bless you in a massive way when we have that renewal of mind. Because there are certain promises that he puts in there. When you look at Malachi chapter 3 and you look at the promises in 3, 10, 11, 12, then you will know beyond all doubt. This is all a result of that training. This is all a result of that renewal of mindset. He's training you to be a good manager, a good steward. Moving on to our next one. That's the stage of waiting. When you reach the stage of waiting, we need to be careful not to go back to trying out things on our own. Not, not to try to bring our own Ishmael when God is talking about a plan for Isaac. We need to trust him as his word in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, He is able to make all grace abound towards us. And then Ephesians 3.20 is able to do exceedingly abundantly to bring that grace. He is more than capable. And as we have seen in the previous episodes about how the Israelites only moved when the cloud moved in the desert, that's what you need to do in your time of waiting. You wait for the waters to be stirred. If he doesn't move, you don't move. The key there is to not do anything that will abort the destiny that you have painstakingly been waiting for so long. Do not do anything to abort it. What you don't know, ask him in prayer. But if he has not said anything, you don't move. One good thing to note here about him and his ways is God does not speak much, but he does answer much. So if you keep asking the question and you keep on asking, just like Jesus said, ask and you shall receive that answer. Knock and keep on knocking. And if he is silent, then it is not yet time for that answer. You need to stay where you are. Whatever is born of the Spirit must understand that it has no role in its formation. This is a difficult one. So I'll say it again. Whatever is born of the Spirit, now you are born of that Spirit when you undergo transformation. But you have no role in that formation. The formation or the role that is played in that formation is the one that is giving you that birth, the spirit himself. And so it cannot sustain or grow on its own. It must depend on God. You have to depend on God. So if you're thinking, Lord, there is this transformation, there is this revelation I have received, there is this understanding I have received, you let him shape it. You depend on him. You wait for him to provide. 
when he provides then you overcome the world you might need to go back and meditate on this it's a difficult one it took me a while as well but when i received that revelation it started to make sense now going back to that joy god gives you that dream to start with before he can test you but you must know one thing that he will surely test you to see whether you are serving him or you are serving that dream that was the prime reason why he said to abraham take your son isaac which was his dream and go and sacrifice him do you love god enough to serve him in obedience and say lord if this was the dream that you gave me but if you say sacrifice it here it is take it or are you going to say no this is the dream that you gave me and that now becomes the idol of your life and your whole worship is around that idol and the dream the promise that was given to you many people connect their ministry in that way and that takes a precedence or priority over god oh i have the gift of healing or i have the gift of knowledge or the gift of answered prayer and a lot of people start honoring them and it can be difficult or whatever it could be the gift of success in your business and then we get so busy with that business and god is saying can you not spare earlier you used to pray you used to spend so much time with me now can you not spare even 10 minutes are you serving god or are you serving that dream are you clinging on to his promise and if it looks like you are more inclined to that dream and it is becoming an idol then he's got more work to do on you your testing is not over yet you will remain at that spot or you might go a few steps behind before you can move forward he might have to go back to that phase of emptying it can be very painful once again because this time it will be a bigger emptying tough lessons to learn but when we understand that then we have to stick on and say god i know it is painful but i'd rather not go through that bigger pain of having to go back again and that's why that ultimate test sometimes she can bring that in between to test where is your heart who are you serving and then the next one is as soon as you pass that the test the whole test then god immediately rewards you at the end of your wilderness he does not delay and he says as well the reward will far outweigh all the pain we've seen that in our scriptures there one of it is still on your screen 2 corinthians 4:17 that reward far outweighs all the pain that you have gone through that it will be be little it will look like it was light and momentary and if you had other challenges if you had um spiritual attacks against you then he will also avenge he says vengeance is mine he is not ignoring any wickedness that was or is at play in his own time he deals with that as well our job is to stick with him stick through that phase to that test and talking about or speaking about that battle there you must know that during this time this is and a bit of advice or a tip for that next step in your journey when you embark on this kind of an assignment Satan knows that you are going to a place where you will start to become an influence to others around you where 
people will start to be awakened because of what you will do, because of what is placed on your life, the light that you carry and the words that you speak that would be spirit. So he will not leave you alone during this time. He didn't leave Jesus alone either. And God intentionally takes you there to say these battles will come. He knows, for, he says for sure they will come because when there is light in you, that is seen by everyone. There is nothing hidden in the spirit realm. Satan will try his best to stop, to abort, to get people to run away. He will do whatever it takes. This is why having that knowledge of altars is very important. You see in the Bible as well, every time when Noah started something, the first time he stepped out of the ark, he built an altar. He started something new with that altar, connected his, his new journey with God. Abraham connected his new journey with God at every touch point. When he landed in Canaan, he went to Egypt, came back to Canaan, moved around, set up tents in a new place. Every single time the Bible says he built an altar. He rededicated that part of his journey to God. You must build your altar for the purpose that God has put on your heart. For every single one of them. Do not take it lightly. That was the prime reason why we focused on altars earlier as well. You start a new job, you start your new ministry, you start your new business, you start anything new, good marriage as well. You must build your altar so that every time the devil seeks to attack you, there is something that stands in between before you. And if it is fortified and strong enough, you will not be shaken. We must remember this. And then during spiritual warfare as well, when you are battling, it's not just I've got an altar that I've raised up before God so I can sleep peacefully. You will still have to fight. So holding on to warfare scriptures is your next point of advice there. Remembering that those are the symbols and the weapons of your power, your authority, your identity and your position in Christ. All of it is what that scripture says. What you know about your God, what you know about yourself and how the two are connected. So based on that, what you then speak out of your revelation in faith. That warfare through your sword of the spirit is what cuts through. It's alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It can cut through a whole lot of things. That's why reading the word of God consistently, without gaps, without holidays, without vacations whatsoever, every single day is important. It is like food. We can't survive without food and water. You should not survive without the word of God either. Otherwise, you will feed your body, but you will starve your spirit. You starve your spirit, it becomes weak. You will struggle. Satan waits for those moments only. He will not start attack you when you are in your strong position, when you are completely alert, standing on guard. He will look for the moment when you are at your weakest, when you are off guard, when you're not alert at all. And then he steps in. He's very patient. He's got age on his side. He's got patience on his side as well. Unfortunately, we in the current days that we live, we don't have those. That is why Jesus said, stand awake. You saw in that in Matthew 25 about the, the parable about the 10 virgins. He says, be alert, stay awake, be on your guard for you do not know the hour. 
There he's talking about the hour of the Lord coming. Here it's about the hour of any kind of attack. Most attacks come under the guise of darkness. And when I say darkness, it doesn't necessarily mean night. It means the time when we are sort of asleep in the spirit. But if you have those scriptures that you are holding on to, if you have the revelations, the understanding, the authority, your identity, your power, your position, then like Jesus, you can say it is written. Now what you say is written carries weight. You will have to shut up and go back. James 4 verse 7. You submit to God, you resist the devil. That's your warfare there through it is written. And he must flee. It's a very key part of our journey because the rest of our journey for the rest of our life, once you start carrying this light of God in you, warfare will be an important part of it all along. No spiritual holidays. Moving on to the next one. We might probably go another 5-10 minutes, I guess, over time. But we're almost done. This just last few, I think five or so more remaining. During this time of testing, God is revealing a side of himself that he does not show everyone. That's our next one. And the reason he shows you is not to intimidate you, but so that you will know him better. That's where your strength for warfare, that's where your strength for the journey, that's where your faith comes from. You start trusting him for bigger things. That's why he gives you these kind of uh, testimonies of adversity, hardship. And he uses that adversity to demonstrate his supernatural power. So then when you step out with that understanding, with that faith, with whatever gifts that he then bestows upon you, you are prepared for those battles that lie ahead. How you perceive your situation during this time will decide what you will step into. And he will make sure that you are stepping into that level that you are required to. You make sure that you got all that it takes in order for you to step into it. Sense the spirit of revelation moving around you. Will you look at it on whatever he's showing you ahead? Will you look at it as the land of milk and honey like Joshua and Caleb? Or will you look at it as the land of giants and say there's too much spiritual warfare. Satan has sent his entire army. There's all sorts of challenges, all sorts of adversities, all sorts of scarcities, all sorts of pain. How are you going to look at it? Is it the land of giants in danger, threat? Like the 10 spies? Or do you think, what you think in your heart, just like Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, what you think in your heart, that's what you are. And then Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart because whatever you are convinced in there, whether it is doubt or it is fear or it is confidence through faith and trust, whatever issues out of it there is what decides what happens next. That will decide your words and your words and your actions will decide the outcomes. And Satan is after you to change them. And God says, stick on to your sword of the spirit, whatever revelation you have, don't change your confession. 
why he gives you these challenges now is when you are going through all sorts of difficult times or even praying for someone else you will remember what he did in your difficult time and then you will call on him in faith that you have built here you will speak his word and it is that faith that you speak his word in that starts to bring signs and wonders so it's a big journey of of faith as well there the next one is the period of waiting can be painful we saw that last time we touched on it a little this time all through all of these all that we've been discussing is pain and joy two things only a lot of silence but in order to maintain your faith through all of that god sends you signs and wonders so that's our next revelation there that we need to note when abraham was going through that challenging time when there seemed to be no moment everything that he did was just he couldn't understand god's will and god just said to him go out every night and start counting the stars he sent him that was to be used as a revelation or his sign and wonder i remember a, a christian pastor who shared his story his testimony once where he said when he was going through his testing in the cave and then he started coming out the mandate for him was he was to raise christians as eagles that was god's message to him so when he emerged out of that cave there and he started going out and about he, he said everywhere that he went he would see eagles real physical eagles even near his house and he said the area that he lived in eagles were not native to that place and even there he started spotting rare sightings of eagles there was another one who was who was given images of lions because he was called to be a lion an apostle and a leader fearless he was given image of lions so when god is bringing you into what he has mandated for your destiny he will start giving you those signs as a way of holding on to your faith so that you don't give up as a way of reminding you this is what i promised you this is where i'm leading you don't forget the journey that you've started don't forget the destination keep counting the stars this is why you need to know your god you need to know his ways next one while you are in the wilderness god will supply all your needs so he takes care of them you could go through challenges but like i said he will not test you beyond what you can take you're going through a molting process you're going through the cave process until you are emerging out of it just like elijah was fed by the ravens in 1 kings chapter 17 you can see that in 1 kings 17 2 to 4 elijah was in the wilderness he was fed by ravens there every day they brought him a supply of food in the same way god makes sure you have your supplies that will keep you going until you reach that point where you can be raised up on wings like eagles even during your molting process molting like an eagle when you are shedding the old wings and that that's where that's the painful part until you get the new ones it makes sure you're taken care of can be painful 
but he ensures that you will not perish. Because if you die, then his purposes can't be fulfilled. So we need to take back that take that back to him in our prayer and say, Lord, I'm going through this challenge. And if you have brought me this far, you have given me that dream, your purpose has to be fulfilled there. I know you will not let me die. I know you will not let me fail here. We need to ask for that grace to carry on and say, Lord, show me what do I need to be doing here. Grant me that strength to carry on to endure until I reach the end of it. And if he has called you to your ministry, then he will do everything to ensure that you don't fail. He doesn't struggle with discerning whom to pick. When you look at his word in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, he says, Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you through and through. In Ephesians 1 verse 11, he says, He has also predestined the ones he called. So he has predestined you. He will just wet your intent. He will test your integrity towards your calling. He will even get you to do all sorts of odd jobs before you step into that calling that he has finally placed on your life to ensure that you are doing it with humility in surrender to him. And it is no idols, just like we just saw. There are no idols of that dream that step in between, but all that your eyes focused on is him. He will ensure that. And then we have Brother Savio. Can we please go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4? This is about endurance. It's about the discipline, being disciplined and learning the way of sacrifice that he teaches. We spoke about the, the military academy earlier. This is literally a soldier's training. That's what this talks about. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. So you don't entangle with anything to do of fleshly ways, that of sin. What is really what we're really being called to do here is build a, a disciplined regimen of our life, of our spiritual life. So when we build that discipline, then when that battle or the spiritual warfare comes on you, you will stand strong, unshaken, unwavering, not afraid, not doubting. So he says, endure hardness. That joined me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ is endure hardness as a good soldier now so that you may not have to undergo hardship. Hardness and hardship. If you don't endure hardness now, then you could undergo hardship. And that's where that discipline comes in between. That's the bridge. Now look at what else he has said. Or what else he has predestined for you? Romans 8 verse 29. I think we won't go there in the interest of time. Just looking at the time. I'll just read it. He said, Romans 8 verse 29 says, You are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Conformed to the image and the likeness in which he created us. We are his masterpiece. Conformed to the image of his son. 
that's what he's aiming for in this process. What is he talking about when he says, be a good soldier of Christ, build that discipline, achieve the realm of Galatians 2.20. All of it is just so that as Christ stood strong, he stood in abundance and he stood in dominion that even the devil couldn't come against him and be successful. That's what you are called to be in the same way. Stand strong, stand abundant, stand dominant. That was our original mandate. Go back and look at Genesis 1 verse 26 and 28. Right at the start when it says when he first created man. That's what he's calling us to be. Go back to where we were. Come full circle. Don't be one that has been spun in whatever way by the devil to be left confused chaos, in chaos or you know, oblivious of what your true identity is. And don't be inclined towards those idols as we've spoken earlier. Otherwise, we reach a stage where Jesus plainly said, all those that said, he said in some days, in those days, uh, many will come and say, Lord, in your name, we conducted miracles. We cast out demons. And all that he will say is plainly, I never really knew you. It says in Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23, when you read those verses, he'll say, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, I never really knew them. That's what that discipline, that connected, that connected uh, focus on God and building of our nature is all about. We must have that relationship with him. Or we must know who he is, who we are, and how are we connected to him. Only then does that journey come full circle. And when we reach that journey in full circle, at the end of your testing, then we reach that conclusion of being a vessel or a witness for Christ. Yeah, brother, in this same chapter, can you please scroll down to verse 20 and 21? That's, those are the verses that talk about becoming that vessel. It's just this one and then one more last verse that talks about the vessels and we should be done for tonight. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. We must remember here that, see, there are different types of vessels. He says gold and silver that are noble that are honorable and they can be wood and earth as well that are not that much value now our body is a vessel you can let it be the tabernacle of the holy spirit where it becomes a vessel of gold and silver vessel to honor or you can let it be the tabernacle of the devil where it becomes a vessel of dishonor and that's where that potter story comes in that we've touched on i think was the the week before but if we go through this with endurance and we stick on along with discipline, then as that last line says, we become a vessel that is holy and 
useful to the master, prepared for any good work that comes. Brother, the next scripture for us, can you please take us to Jeremiah 15, verse 19. It talks about the same thing, the same concept we've seen in these verses. Jeremiah 15, verse 19. When you know that you could be a vessel or the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit or the tabernacle of the devil, then what are you going to do based on where you currently stand? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you, that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. Can you please take us, brother, in the King James Version? Sure. Now, we have noted these words here. And just look at how, it, how he says it in the King James Version. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if thou return, then will I bring thee again. And thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the wild, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. So all he's saying here is, repent, come back to me with all your heart. We've seen that in one of the morning encounters as well. That was the first message that Jesus preached as well. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So here he's saying, return, come and stand before me. So come back to me. And then if you take forth the precious from the wild, so you purge yourself from all that is of iniquity in you and you make yourself as a vessel of honor. Going back to what was just written in 2 Timothy that we saw just now. Vessels of gold and silver, vessels of honor. So you will no longer be a vessel of dishonor when you purge yourself or clean yourself when you repent and you turn away from iniquity, you go through his process and you are sanctified and made holy. Now you become that vessel that is suitable for the master's use. He says, then you shall be as my mouth. So what you say, it is as good as I am saying it. Are you now seeing where the weight in your word comes from? Why certain people that are called men of God and they speak certain words from scripture and there are miracles that happen. This is that part that we need to understand. This is where we need to be going. You will be as good as my mouth. What you speak is as good as I have spoken it. And they can prophesy and people start having children, people that were barren, start having families, people whom the doctor said no hope of living, get a new lease of life. All sorts of things happen. You will be as good as my mouth. So let the devil return to you. Let wicked people return to you. But now that you have been honored, now that you have been disciplined and you are sticking with your discipline, you will not return unto them because you have chosen a certain way of life. You have chosen that disciplined regimen in your life. It won't, those kind of temptations won't 
affect you in any way. And in short, what he says is, don't let them affect you in any way. Then you will become a vessel that is suitable for God's purposes to be fulfilled in your life. That's the ultimate um, outcome of that journey of testing that he takes people through. That gift is mighty, massive, very huge, bigger than what we have imagined before. But that's where God starts to work mightily through their lives, in their communities and wherever they are going. You become as good as his mouth. I hope this series has blessed you. If you are being blessed by it, please share it with others. Invite them to join us during our live prayer sessions. Invite them to join us on the prayer group as well. The biggest benefit there is they can pray with others as a family and they can share their prayer requests. And you have seen testimonies that people have shared. There are mighty wonders the Lord works when we pray in agreement there. There's a powerful uh, teaching that Brother Vivek had done on that topic. So if you haven't uh, listened to that teaching on the prayer of agreement, please go back to our YouTube channel. You'll find it there. So I'll conclude with that here. Next week, we'll start a new topic, a new series. Um, God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a good night. Thank you, Brother Rasul. Thank you, Brother.